All right. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Hey. hey. Hi. <laughs> Welcome back to the Face to Face podcast. We're so excited to have you guys with us this week. Um, our listeners, we have our guest speakers this week that we've been uh, telling you guys about. Uh, these are the executive pastors of my church, uh, Pastor Alex and uh, his wife, Shanette Meadows. And if you don't know, you can go check out their podcast. It's the Alex Meadows podcast, correct? That's correct. right. That's right. Yes. So go check out his podcast. Um, and yeah, we have a Q&A. We have some questions that you guys have sent in. And without further ado, we'll just get started. Um, so this is Pastor Alex and Jeanette. And uh, I don't know if you guys want to like tell a little bit about yourselves and sure. And we'll- get into the questions so yeah i'm alex it's my wife Jeanette. hey everyone so we've been married just over a year now um i don't want to tell you how old we are but we are in our <laughs> early 30s and we are the executive pastors of harvest church um, located in turlock california and we are excited to be on the podcast yeah and so um pastor alex and his wife they moved here from georgia correct well, close. I was raised kind of in in southern Georgia. I would say that's where I'm from if someone asked me, but uh, <laughs> I'm kind of from the southeast, but we moved out here from North Carolina. But North Jeanette, Carolina. I was a, is it called an aboriginal of California yeah, or no? Like okay. <laughs> so like I was basically born and raised in California. And um, after we had gotten married, I moved to North Carolina with him. So uh, now we're back to what I would call home and loving it. Wow. That's so awesome. Um, and Gabby just hopped on. So um, here she is. And we will just get started with our questions. Um, so the first question, um, and I kind of gave our listeners last week a little bit of a rundown of you guys. I said, you know, you guys had just moved here from across the country um, and agreed to be our executive pastor. So our first question is kind of uh, leaning into that. So what was it like just picking everything up and moving across the country? And how did you trust God through that? Well, before I let my husband answer that story, I will share that I did that first. So when we first got married, um, I had been working <laughs> here for uh, Cisco Corporation, totally loved it. It was a great career. And uh, mm-hmm. my family lives here as well. And after uh, before him and I decided to get married, I, you know, we were in prayer about what to do in terms of next steps. And the Lord really moved on my heart and just said, you know what? Um, this is going to be a season of brand new. So get up and go. Trust me in the process mm-hmm. and I will bless you in it. And so um, my husband and I decided to him stay in North Carolina and me pack up my belongings and go. And I would have to say that it was very hard for me in the beginning because I'm a Syrian and um, mm-hmm. our families are culturally very close. So I would see my parents every day. And when we made that move, I moved and truly the Lord blessed me in that like North Carolina was an incredible experience for me. It was a season where I feel the Lord, especially during COVID, um, allowed my husband and I to really get to know each other on a deep level. Um, And it's been an incredible blessing. So I guess I'll turn it back on him. And Alex, how was it for you to move across country to California? Well, I mean, I I grew up, uh, I would say, I was used to moving, but not that far. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) I honestly, I don't want to get into politics here or anything like that, but I, I California was one of the last states in my mind that I had uh, as far as a place to move to. I, I didn't have it on the radar. 
um, you know, Shanette and I had been married and everything, but, you know, God placed it on our hearts and spoke to us that we needed to come out here. And, you know, where does light shine the brightest? It shines the brightest in a dark room. And so mm-hmm. everybody talks about how bad California is, but, you know, Christians are here. The light is here. So where yeah. we are, um, Jesus can, can be lifted up. And when he is lifted up, the Bible says he draws men to him, draws people to him. So, you know, I, I look at it as um, an opportunity just to obey God. And God never leads you backwards in life. Uh, he always rewards obedience. And so for me, uh, it was tough practically to pack up everything. You know, it, it takes a lot to move. It takes a lot to coordinate and lo- the logistics of getting everything from point A to point B. I mean, that's as far as you can go, basically, one, one coast to the next. Um I drove it just in case anybody's wondering 38 hours and 40 minutes. Uh, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, it was quite the haul, but it was fun. You know, um, it was, it was one of those things where is this really happening? You know, if you can imagine God tells you um, moved all the way across the country, move, uh, you know, a couple thousand miles away, what do you do? Well, obviously you obey, but then the, the part of the journey, which was kind of surreal is driving all the way out here and yeah. thinking, you know, you know, what's next and what, what is this going to hold this next chapter? And then also thanking God because he's an adventurous God. You know, you never will regret following him no matter how far it takes you or how short of a distance God tells you to move. Yeah. And I would say this too. The last part of the question is how did you trust God through that? And um, before we decided to make the move to California and for me back to California, uh, the Lord had spoken to Alex uh, prophetically, but also in a dream, confirming what he was sensing prophetically. And so um, for us, wow. trusting God, what does that look like? It really looks like, you know, at first you're thinking, God, is that you? But in that moment, are you willing to give your heart to what you feel God had said? And so we basically laid everything down. And there was numerous times before we made the final decision where Alex and I would have to give this back to God and say, Lord, we need one more thing of clarity. And it wasn't that we were confused, but rather we just, I mean, it's a big move. It's a house. It's a, you know, what city are we going to exactly? And it was just a lot of different things. But in our obedience, every step of the way to the exact house, to the exact location was hand selected and favor was on it from the very beginning. Um, and also I would have to say, just to be transparent, we did sense spiritual warfare. And what I mean by that is we just had, you know, some people that were close to us that were doubting it, but we still, we knew that we heard the Lord and we decided to move forward. And since we made that move, I I was just telling my husband today, I look around my home, I look around our lives and it is just increased day after day after day. Like daily, the Lord is adding on to us for active obedience. That's so good. And, and I love how you're, you know, you were saying, God's never going to lead you backwards. Like he knows exactly where he wants you to go and, and he, he rewards your, your obedience. Sorry, I'm stumbling on my words. Um, but, and so the next question is kind of like a continuation, like a piggyback off of, um, off of, you know, the trusting part is how do you continue to trust God when you feel like he's told you to do something, but it's not really working out? Yeah. You know, I think I would take a step back and just say, did God say, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of people feel, you know, God is speaking to them. You, you, you're probably going to run into a lot of people that say, well, God told me to do this and God told me to do that. Well, what's the fruit of their life look like? 
you know, are, are they someone that is like the book of James calls a, a wave tossed to and fro? Are they double minded going one way, one second, and then the next time you talk to them, they're a different person going a different way. And so the basis or the foundation, uh, I think, needs to be, did God really say? And so a few things that you can, I guess, put together to test that is, is it good? Not all good things are from God, but God doesn't do anything bad. We know the Bible tells mm-hmm. us every good and perfect gift comes from above, comes from the Father of lights, That's it so says. Good. So is it a good thing? Is it leading you to a place where you can be more fruitful? And then is it rooted in the word of God? Is it something that aligns with the Bible? I can't tell you. I've lost count of the number of times that people have told me that God told them to do something and it it contradicts the Bible. Yeah. Well, they're not hearing God. They're maybe hearing themselves or yeah. another spirit or the enemy is lying to them. But if God spoke it, we know God is not a liar. If he were to lie one time, we could not trust him for anything in this life. But his word stands true. And there's something so powerful in God's word that says his word doesn't return void or empty what his word says it carries, it delivers on that promise. It's like a cloud with rain. That rain is going to come. God's word is the cloud, and it's going to drop that rain on us to deliver what it's promising it will. And so the question, going back to that, is what do you feel like, or how do you trust God when you feel like he's told you to do something, but it's not working out? Okay, well, that word feel, we know faith isn't aligning when we walk towards God with how we feel. We cannot trust our senses. We've got to trust what he has said, because more often than not, it's not going to look like it in the beginning, because it's going to take faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So when he gives you a promise, when he gives you a word, when he tells you to do something, you have to step out on faith so that the promise can be activated. And I love the story of Joseph. If you remember his story, he was sold as a slave. He had a dream. And in the dream, his brothers bowed before him. You know, he, like most of us, when we get something powerful, powerful from God, we want to tell everybody, well, not everything that God tells you should be broadcasted everywhere. Some things you need to keep close to the chest and just prayerfully walk it out. Because not everybody is going to be for you. Not everybody's going to celebrate you. You know, there's many people in your life, and probably in mine and Shanice, that just tolerate being around us. They don't celebrate us. But that's another topic for another day. But Joseph told that dream to his brothers, and they got mad. They sold him. They beat him up. And the Bible says something crazy in Psalm 105. It says that the word of the Lord tried Joseph. See, the word of the Lord has to be proven in your life. It'll try you. And then the word can be tried to be proven true. You think of precious metals that when they're created and made, they they get tried with fire to remove the impurities so that what comes forth is pure. It's the same thing with our life. The word God speaks to us has to be tried with fire. And sometimes that fire looks like a situation that doesn't align with what God has spoken to you. It doesn't align with what you're seeing or what God has said. I mean, you, you go through some junk, but that junk, tries you so that your character brings forth the fruit of Christ. And then at the end, the word will prove true and prove you right and God right. And not as though God has to defend what he's told you to do, but you have to carry it out knowing that by faith, you'll please God. And by faith, you'll walk right into what God has promised. Yeah. 
And I think too, I, I don't, I truly don't feel that God will direct us in a path that will not work out. So then my question mm. becomes this, um, I, I guess I've seen too much too, where I've seen friends or, you know, people that I've been close to and had a, a, a decent enough friendship with that would share these things. I, I've seen many feel that God had told them that they would marry a certain person or um, mm-hmm. something of that sort. And what I realized was the, you know, when you take a step back and you think about that, and, and I, I guess I'm speaking to the audience here because I know it's going to be maybe singles or whatnot. Um, if this is a situation that you're applying to a relational situation, what I encourage you to do is this, um, pull back your heart. And the reason why I say that is this, because oftentimes we give somebody our heart before a covenant is ever there. And we try to attach God to our emotions, our feelings, and the hope that we then call faith, um, and it may or may not be that person for you. And the beautiful thing of it all is when you remove your heart, one, you're protecting and guarding it. And two, you're able to um, still hear God. The minute you give your heart outside a covenant, it's like you're giving way too much of yourself and you might be blocking what God is trying to tell you about this person. Red flags become a, oh, maybe they'll change that. Or, oh, you know what? Maybe when they get closer to God, maybe we should start going to church. So um, and I don't know why I'm on this topic, but I really felt led to go here. Um, so I just encourage you that, that whatever you feel God has spoken to you, if it's not established by the word, if you cannot find a verse in the word to be able to stand on it. And remember, people are never, um, we don't claim people. Mm. God brings them into our life. Eve was brought to Adam and presented to Adam. So Eve wasn't out there on a dating app or looking out and trying to, you know, name it and claim it on a man. Eve was presented to Adam. That's so good. Yeah. And so I just encourage all the singles out there, the single women. um, And I guess that'll go into our next uh, topic or our next question. So I'll hold off, but I can (laughs) share a little bit on that. No, that's so good. No, that that's the perfect segue. Um, But I love what you guys were talking about. Just like one, like line it up with the word of God and just, just, stepping out in faith. And I, I think that's, that's such a big thing because it sometimes it's hard to discern is, is it not working out because God didn't really speak that because that was my own heart, my own thoughts. And I'm telling myself, no, that was God. Or is this like spiritual warfare? Is this, is this pushback because I am going in the right direction? And that, that's why, you know, there's so many roadblocks. Um, but that's so good. So that's a good segue um Shanette perfect into um just like any advice that you guys have on relationships <laughs> okay definitely I, I would say keep God first no mm. matter what keep God first if this person doesn't push you into Christ he's not from God the person mm. you're getting to know or dating is never going to be a distraction from the right now presence of the Lord If you leave their presence and you no longer can set the Lord before you and see him and hear him, that person is not of God. What you realize often is the Holy Spirit will always point to Jesus. He always magnifies the Lord. So if this person's full of the Holy Ghost, no matter how much time you spend together, for some reason, somehow your faith is built up, your purity is protected, um, God is Mm -hmm. magnified. And so I I just encourage... um, 
anyone in a relationship with this, keep in mind that you are a Holy Spirit person. You are filled by the Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. You don't have, in, when you're getting to know each other or even eventually into marriage, I hear people say, well, you know, I was just grown, I was just raised this way. We just yell instead of talk it through or, um, or I just have um, a relational, you know, this is just a relationship problem. This is just a marriage problem. Uh, we just have this issue. All those things are lies from the enemy to distract you from one thing. Every communication mm-hmm. issue, every disconnect, every rough edge in your life is a Holy Spirit issue. It is not tied to anything else. When you're submitted to the Holy Spirit in your relationship, you become the best lover on earth. Why? Because God is love. And when you magnify God within yourself, you become him and he is love. And so like for, I guess, relationship advice is between my husband and I, I've just learned that when I see myself in the disposition that does not honor God, I have to submit myself in that moment to the Holy Spirit. And what I have seen is it melts my husband's heart, irregardless of what we're going through in that moment and irregardless of the feelings and emotions. If I can get myself to to the place where I submit myself to the Holy Spirit, I literally see what could be, I mean, what the world could take to a whole different level, melted right before me. And like a greater and stronger relationship is built. Love is built. You end up loving the person more and more every day when you already feel like you love them more than anything under Christ, you know? No, that's so good. Like, don't, don't compromise. Just, I I like what you were saying in in the last question too, you know, don't keep telling yourself, Oh, well, maybe if, if, you know, we could change this or we could, you know, don't, don't look for potential. Look for, just look for God. That's so good. Yeah. Uh, advice and relationships. Wow. I mean, I'm going to take a wild guess and say our, our listeners here are probably under the age of uh, 21 or so. Am I? Am I yeah, yeah. So our our main listening group is act, is like college age and then we have high school yeah. too. So here, here's one of mine. Um, don't date someone if you don't plan on marrying them. And if you don't plan on getting married anytime soon, why are you dating? Amen. You know, what's the point? Yep. Uh, because the enemy will use anything in your life to remove you from the place of his presence, like Shanette was talking about. And if your focus is on another person, then it's the wrong focus. There are seasons in life and the early uh, years of life are for maturity. They're for growth, growth in God. And therefore, really pouring yourself into what God is calling you to do for the rest of your life. And a lot of, I've seen a lot of people make mistakes and dating around and dating the wrong people and getting connected to the wrong crowds and wrong groups of friends um, that push them away from the call of God on their life. And I would just say, what's more important right now, God and what he's wanting to do through you in you and in your life or dating someone. I mean, the enemy will use that to detract you and delay what God is wanting to do. There's a scripture in the Bible that says, don't say you're too young. You're not too young right now to make a difference in this world. There are there were kings in the Bible that were, you know, in their teen years doing great things and then some doing evil things. So wherever you are right now, give me the place where God wants to use you. But so many people do things that are detrimental to their calling in their early years that delay what God has wanted to do. So don't, don't delay, don't handcuff God and what he's wanting to do in your life. 
by thinking you need to be in a relationship. Yeah. I mean, that, that shouldn't even be a focus right now. It, it should be growing, maturing. Mm-hmm. And I know um, the temptations that come. I know the peer pressures of being in public and private schools, school period. I, I know social status is big. Social media is big. What goes on, who you're with, what y'all are doing. But what when yeah. when his opinion, and I mean Jesus, when his opinion is the most paramount thing in your life, no one else's opinion will matter. Um, your social status in, in whatever won't matter. But when you have God first, you're seeking him, he will bring, like Shanette is saying, the right person in your life. And back to what I said, the, the paramount for me is... If you're not going to marry them, why are you talking to them? Why are you dating them? I mean, what's the point? You're just wasting time. And time is your most valuable resource. You will never have a lot of regrets about, um, well, a lot of different things. But one of the the main regrets you'll have in life is wasted time. You'll wish you you could go back and spend more time with Jesus. You'll wish you could go back and spend more time in the word. You'll wish you could go back and spend more time growing in the fear and admonition of the Lord or growing with Jesus. So the enemy wants Mm -hmm. to keep you distracted. He wants to delay what God wants to do in your life. And one of the big things he can use uh, is dating. Yeah. And I would just add lastly to that is this. One thing that helped me. Well, I was single for about 10 years and I prayed for seven before I met Alex um, yeah. Wow. So what kept me? How did I do it? At the end of the day, I realized one thing. I did not compromise on red flags. The minute I knew it was wrong, I moved on. And the biggest thing mm-hmm. for me was this. When I got to know these people, I thought to myself in the moments where the Lord said, eh, eh, wrong answer, move on. That is somebody else's husband. Every one of us has a help me. Every one of us has yeah. somebody. If, if the desire is in your heart, God has already prepared the blessing of that spouse or that person, your future on this earth. And so if I'm dating this person, mm-hmm. God's already told me to let go of, I'm dating somebody else's future husband. Ouch. Wow. Ouch. And at the same time, when I'm doing that, my future husband might be out there with somebody else because I'm delaying it. So yeah. my, my encouragement to singles is guard your singleness. That's one thing I really mm-hmm. took seriously in that time. I built myself up. I focused on myself. I enjoyed fitness. I went and got a master's degree. I worked for corporations. I mean, I really just built myself up to prepare me to be a suitable helpmate for when I met my husband. I just knew everything I was adding on to my life, God would already be adding on to his life as well in some way or some measure. Because the Lord will never unequally yoke you to somebody less than your expectation. It just doesn't happen unless you settle. Yeah, that's so good. And I know like a lot of, um, I I don't know if this is just a girl thing. It might be, but um, I know a lot of people will like write down like things that they're looking for. um, And I'm not just saying like, oh, I want him to be six foot five. Like I'm saying like, okay, I want him to be a really big worshiper or I want him to, you know, have a heart for children's ministry or, or whatever that is. Like don't compromise on on those values, on those things that you've been praying for either. Um, because like, and I, I mean, I'm 18 and I just kind of, even in the last few months realized, you know what? I want whoever I marry, I want them to be really in ministry too. Um, and nothing wrong with a secular job or anything, but I just know that that's like, that's where my heart is. And that's 
Like I, I want to be partnering with them and doing yeah. that with them. And everyone is different. You know, if you want to, I mean, Pastor Alex and Jeanette, you know, you guys have a business together. And so like, um, whatever that looks like for you, those, um, my, my mentor, Marcel, she's been on, on the podcast for um, our listeners before, but, you know, she would say, you know, have, have things on your list that you're willing to let go of and things that, you know, like, okay, these are absolute deal breakers. Like I want them to be a crazy worshiper. I want them to have a heart for ministry or mission trips or whatever that looks like. Don't, don't compromise those just because you think that so-and-so is, is good looking because they, they have the potential to be that. If that desire isn't in their heart, it's, unlikely that God will spark it all of a sudden just because yeah. you start dating them. Um, not impossible, but you know, if, I mean, God gives Absolutely. us those dreams. And I, um, I will share this, yeah, that I, I did have a journal I wrote down. I had about five or six pages and um, that is what helped me during that time of singleness because I believed with faith. I, I knew what my heart needed. I, I've always been a big lover. And what I mean by that is this, when I love, I love with all my heart. I'm very loyal to the bone. And so I knew that whoever mm-hmm. I was going to partner myself up with had to be a man who could protect my heart, guard my heart, and also lift me up. Um, I also knew the gift of God on my yeah. life. And I couldn't just date anybody. I'm anointed. I'm a woman of God. I, I love the Lord with all my heart and all my life. And I want to dedicate my life to pouring myself out for his kingdom and his purpose to make an impact in others' lives. And so I wrote a list. And you know what? <laughs> Whatever you write on that list, mm-hmm. you might not even have to erase one thing off of it because that list is what helped me wait and wait and wait. And it, it helped me find the red flags or whatnot. And when I met Alex, when we first met, I read the list to him and he was literally in tears because it was exactly, I mean, I even wrote down, believe it or not, I said six foot three to six foot five. A lot of it was spiritual stuff. A lot of it was a man who had an established secret place. A, a man who loved the Lord more than he loved mm-hmm. anything else in this world. A man, I mean, a, a man of the word, a man that wow. could wash me in the word. And when I first came into this relationship, I've been a believer for years, operating the gifting and anointing God, but I didn't know the word like I know now. And I thank God for a man who, who mm-hmm. I had written down, literally a man of the word that whenever he would speak, the word would just come out. And so um, I encourage you and everybody else that's yeah. listening. Don't be afraid of making a list. You know, don't, mm-hmm. and, and the yeah. Lord will fulfill that desire. And, and here's one more thing too. And I've heard this often is, you know, well, that person, they're godly. They're awesome. I know that you think, you know, they're maybe they're not as attractive, but attraction comes later. That's a lie. Okay. God will not give you somebody that you're not attracted mm-hmm. to. I, I don't believe that. I believe that God is a God of overwhelming goodness. His blessings come in such a way where every mm-hmm. cell in your body erupts with praise. Yeah, that's so good. He's not gonna, you know, it's it's not like an arranged marriage where you're like, okay, well, you'll learn to like this about this person. It's like, it, it, it's, a, it's an attraction. And I, I love that. Um, and even to our listeners who have been in relationships before, like, you know, take those and, and learn from that. Um, you know, Gabby, she's on here. Um, and not like exposing her or anything but um we we were talking and we were saying you know 
her last relationship, she wasn't super strong in her faith, but her last relationship and, and the breakup was actually what wow. pushed her towards God. Um, and, and we were saying like that it's beautiful how, um, you know, I, I haven't been in a relationship, but there was something with a guy that it kind of like set me in my mind going, okay, I, just because he was a Christian and just because he, you know, I thought he checked off all the boxes, I saw things that I didn't like. And so now I know, and just taking that and learning from it. Um, and also no pressure either. Cause I, I, this was like always a, a fear that I had had for the longest time. I was like, the first guy I <laughs> has to be the one I married. And finally my mentor was like, yeah. she's like, don't think that way that yeah. you're putting too much pressure on yourself. She's like, just because you you're in a relationship, it doesn't mean that it's, it's failed or it was a waste of time. Like that's not exactly. going to waste your time. If, if he brings someone in your life, they're there for a reason. And he's not going to just sit there and go, well, yeah. you missed it. You know, it was supposed to be that guy and you went to the one on his right, you know, it was the wrong friend in the group or whatever. Um, you know, he, he'll help you learn and grow from that and just prepare you all the more for, for the next season, for the next person. Yeah, I would say too on um, that, you know, God doesn't waste an experience. He, he will turn all things for good when your heart is in him. But when you uh, have the mindset mm-hmm. in dating that they are your brother or sister in Christ before they are anything more than that until God reveals that or God leads you to that, you can't go wrong. So you, you view them as your wow. sister or brother in Christ. Pray for them. Love them. If you wouldn't uh, say something to them that you wouldn't say to somebody in church, that's your brother or sister. Or you wouldn't do something with them that you wouldn't do with your brother or sister in the church. Then don't do it with them. And don't allow your heart to um, be fully in that other person's hands until you are married. Yeah. That's, that's the reason why heartbreak comes. You, you set mm-hmm. up all these expectations. You give yourself completely over to this other person uh, emotionally, uh, sometimes physically. And then, you know, you're left in, in pieces because they've taken a part of you that they were never meant to have. The person that God has for you, mm-hmm. that person is for you to marry. Yeah. And I'm not against lists at all. Yeah. Write your list. Pray about it. Don't don't just write it, though. Pray it. Ask yeah. God for that person. And when a person comes that doesn't look like what you've asked God for, then you know they're not the one. Yeah. I mean, does God hear our prayers? Absolutely. Wow. He says we can ask anything in his name and have it so that our joy may be full. I think marriage is supposed to bring joy. You may have seen a picture of an unjoyful marriage, but that doesn't have to be your marriage. Amen. Your joy can be full. So what mm. you've asked God for, don't settle for less. And when somebody comes across your, your life screen that doesn't meet those expectations and what you've asked God for in prayer, you know it's not God because God is a prayer answering God. Yeah. yeah. And I think, too, for the whole relationship thing, I just think it's such an important topic because if I could have gone back to our audience's age group, there's one thing I would really wish somebody taught me years before I learned this. But when I say the importance of not giving your heart, what I mean by that is this. Many of us have a longing and a desire to love and to be loved. And oftentimes we misuse Mm -hmm. that. And and, And just to clarify, the Bible gave us covenant prior to displaying love on the cross. We knew in Old Testament prophecies of the covenant that would be established. And then the love was displayed. 
The same goes for marriage or for relationships. I told Alex, you will never have my heart until the wedding day. So people might ask, were you in love with him when you married him? No, I loved him. I loved him with a godly love. Wait I had, a second here. Wait a second. <laughs> I loved him with. I loved him with a godly love. <laughs> but I didn't fall deep in love with him until after the covenant was made, and we chose to wait until marriage to seal the deal. And I know many people know what that means, because we knew the blessing of what God would do in all of that if we would wait. Hmm. Wow, that's so that's such a beautiful picture. You know, there was a covenant before a representation of love. Um, and I'll I just wanted to throw this quote in there. Um, our listeners know I we refer we make references to Sadie Robertson. She's a, a huge speaker and she's an author and we've referenced her books, we've referenced her sermons and all that. Um and I I don't know, I might have thrown this quote when we did our relationship. Um series but you know she says if you want to know or if you don't know love from god first you can't receive love from anyone else because god is love if you're looking for love go to god um and and find that in, in holy spirit first if you want happiness go go to holy spirit he'll give yeah. you joy because those are the fruits of the spirit you know that's yeah. love it's joy it's peace um and stop looking to the world for for these temporary fill-ins um, and, and go to God first and find out what that is. So you can identify that in, in whoever you're looking at dating or in whoever that is you're absolutely looking to start true. a relationship with. Um, yeah. Um, okay. And so there's no more thoughts on that question. Um, we'll jump to the next one. And it says, what has been the biggest test of your faith and how did you biggest overcome it? Biggest test of my faith. Uh, man, that's a tough one. I guess, I guess, I don't know if it was a <laughs> test per se, but the biggest monumental part of my faith, I would have to say is this. After salvation, we love the Lord. We give him our heart. We go to church. We do all these things. I would go to church, praise the Lord, anointed, gifted. But I left there and had hidden sin. And for me, I had done bodybuilding Mm. and I was always really just obsessed about what I ate, how I looked um, to the point where it was almost like an eating disorder. And I felt and found my identity in my body shape, my body size. And it was a sin that many would be like, "Okay, well, what's the big deal? You're you're trying to do for no, it it gripped my mind. It was something that just kept pulling and pulling and pulling. And it literally was ripping me out of my God anointing. And Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. I don't. And then I asked myself when I said, what am I afraid of? And really, my fear was not being accepted because of the uh, label everybody put on me. That's fit Chanette. I mean, literally, I was ripped. And so when I lost that, I did everything I could for years trying to attain something that really was not sustainable. And so um, it became a huge stronghold Mm -hmm. in my life and it developed into eating disorders or whatnot. And so here I was, a Christian, literally, you know, in ministry. And I went to a few leaders at the time and shared. I said, look, I'm going through this. I have this bondage and I feel like I'm going to hell every day. I love the Lord with all my with all my heart. And there was nights wow. I would lay in bed because of the stronghold. And I would literally say, Lord, I love you. The Bible says he who loves the Lord will follow his commands. Why do I keep failing? 
And so I got so beat up by the enemy. And finally, I guess my test of faith was this. Either Jesus is real or he's not. Either he is and has set me free, like the Bible mm. said, and I'm set and free indeed. Or I'm doing all this and I could be doing something else. And so I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, wow. I come before you in all of heaven. And right now, I, I just, before all of heaven, Father, I, I, I let that thing go. And I asked for the strength to walk brand new. And so I had to hate that sin so much in order to overcome it. Because when you, a lot of people will make friends with it. They'll kind of justify it. Well, it's not as bad as somebody else. Or it's not as bad as that. I can manage my sin for, you know, for a time being before it takes over. I'll manage it this way. But uh, ultimately, there is true freedom in Christ. And so my test of faith became this is believing with all my heart that there is freedom and freedom is now. It's not a, for me, it's not a process. It's not a thing. No. When will I hate the sin enough to overcome it? And the minute that I did, and I'll tell you what, did the temptation stop to overeat and then whatever? No, it didn't stop. It became stronger at certain times. But you know, I had to say in those moments, Lord, I love you above this thing. I am a child of God. I'm anointed. I'm no longer that person. That person is dead. That thing is dead. I, I right now the Bible says in mm. Luke ten nineteen, I have all uh, I have uh, all the power over the enemy. And another thing in the Bible that helped me too was this: mm. when Jesus was tempted, it says for those forty days by the devil, it says that as soon as he sub- well he was submitted to God the whole time, but by submitting on to God, resisting the devil, the enemy fleed, and then angels came and ministered on to Jesus. And he walked out in the power of the Holy Ghost. Your temptation, that thing that's grabbing a hold of your life, on the other side of that, when you overcome it, is the absolute power of God. The enemy knows that thing is stopping you from walking in anointing and a power unlike you've ever experienced in your life. And I'm telling you what, I just encourage every listener right now, whatever that thing is, just lay it down. And know that the temptation will not stop, but you are not your temptation. That's so good. I I love that, that, you know, you, you're living separate. And, and we talked about this in our resurrection episode um, a few weeks ago, but, you know, there's a difference between, you know, being a sinner and being saved and walking out in that freedom and falling short sometimes, but it doesn't mean that you are still, you're not labeled by that any longer. You're not. Absolutely. That's not attached I think to too, you. It's like, um, there's a difference between practicing sin premeditated, you know, and then stubbing my toe and saying, oh, mm. crap, you know, uh, they're very different. One of them, repentance yeah. comes easy and, and you just feel the love and comfort of God. The other one, when it's premeditated, I feel that's that's a stronghold. That's a bondage that needs to be intentionally broken. Um, but again, I, you know, the covenant of God is so yeah. beautiful. And all of this is out of love. We don't desire holiness for the sake of. Uh, wearing a purple robe and, you know, holding our chin up three inches higher than normal. We desire holiness because holiness is the love language of God. Our eyes. Yeah. And our eyes and our ears and the spirit are only heightened when we walk and act like God. Yeah. That's so good. You'll, you'll, you desire change because of your love for God. And it's not, it's not out of a selfish motive. It's I, I love God and I, and I want to follow yeah. him and I want his plan for my life. Yeah. And so and, you and, and you'll to begin to see that. the That's favor so of God open up. 
the wind of the Lord on everything you do. His voice becomes so clear. The thing that you've been waiting for for so long. I mean, things just be, everything comes alive. Life looks different. You step outside and open a window. All of a sudden you see a tree you've never seen before. When you walk in covenant with God, you become alive to God in Christ. Wow. That's so good. Um, and and Pastor Alex, I don't know if you wanted to I think Jeanette give anything it. on this question either, but <laughs> that's so good. Um, but I, I love that, you know, God's going to open up your eyes to new things, to things that you've never seen before. Um, maybe it's relationships you need to let go of or, or need to, you know, be careful or in, in how you approach them or um, maybe boundaries that you need to put up or, or people you need to forgive. Just, you, you know, when you're submitted to the will and authority of God, he'll, he'll reveal more and more ways and, and ways to grow in him. And um, yeah. Um, so our next question is if you were baptized, but then stop believing in God, should you well, be you like to go swimming or not? I mean, I- <laughs> Just kidding. I think it uh, that yeah. goes back to a little bit of the last question, what Shanette was talking about. There's a difference in practicing sin and then, you know, making a mistake. And mm-hmm. there's a passage in the Bible in Revelation 2 where the angel of the church of Ephesus, Jesus has some things to say to that church there. He says, basically, I, I, I know your works. I know what you've been doing. Um, you, you hate evil. Um, you've tested people that have come and found them out to be liars. You persevered. You've been patient. Um, but you've left your first love. He says, and of course, we know Jesus is our first love. Mm. He, he should be paramount in our life. He's first place yeah. always. Um, and so he says, you've left your first love. And he says that you need to remember where you were and where you've fallen from. You need to repent. And then you need to do your first works again. So what are the first works you think about when you came to yeah. Christ or maybe you've never come to Jesus? There are some first things you got to do. Well, first, you need to repent of sin. Sin is separating you from a holy and righteous God. Sin is separating you from the love of God and the plans that God has for you in an abundant life. And so in Hebrews 6, there's a passage there right in the beginning, verse 1. It talks about the the first principles of the doctrine of Jesus Christ or the foundation. He says we want to get on to the, the, the not better things, but greater things in a way. But he says that the foundation of this doctrine of Christ is first repentance. It's faith in God. And then it's baptisms, the doctrine of baptisms. We know there's a couple of different baptisms. There's a baptism in water and there's a baptism mm-hmm. in the spirit. And so I had an experience in my life where I was raised in church. My dad was a pastor, but I didn't live like it. I, I was anything but living um, a, a holy lifestyle or living for Jesus in high school and even college. But I was baptized as a as a kid. I, you know, I was baptized as a teenager, kind of thing. And but I fell away from the Lord. And so it goes back to that Revelation chapter two. I fell away from my first love. And maybe you're listening, or maybe you've fallen away. And it's not too late. You, you're you have breath in your body. God has given you a second chance. God's given you numerous chances. 
Well, it's time to get back in love again. And one of those ways you can get back in love is going through those first works. And I would encourage if you've fallen away, where is your faith? If you feel like you need to get baptized again, go for it. I mean, at the end of the day, if it didn't matter, Mm -hmm. you just get wet. It don't matter. But if it does matter, where is your faith? The Bible says if it's not of faith, it's of sin. So in faith, you please God. So by getting baptized, you can go through those works again. And I think there's a lot of spiritual things that happen in the waters of baptism. You literally die to the old person. That old person that fell away from the first love can get raised to newness in life and have Mm -hmm. a fresh love for Jesus because now you're being clothed with Christ. You're a new creation when you come out of those waters. There's a spiritual element to it, a very powerful element. It's symbolic of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, You died to sin. You died with Christ. Now you're raised into a newness of life with Christ to be seated in heavenly places on the right hand of the Father. And so with those first works in Hebrews 6, Go ahead and repent. Walk away from sin. Change your mind about it. Move in faith towards God. Maybe that faith that you have towards God now is leading you to be baptized. There's nothing wrong with that. And so I did it. I got baptized again as a, I think, a 22-year-old and um, kept on living for God since then. But at 22, I was convicted like, you know what? I've, I've fallen away from my first love. I need to repent. I need to get back in right standing with God. And in doing that, I want to go through those first works again. So I'm not knocking it. Um, There's many people that, depending on your race and culture, you get baptized as a child. You get sprinkled, you know, if you're Catholic, um, you get dedicated as a child in in certain uh, religions of Christianity, sects of Christianity. Um, And as a child, uh, you don't know what's going on. So how can you have faith? The faith of your parents can't save you, but the faith of your parents are the ones that led you to be baptized as a child. So there comes a point in time where you can discern good from evil and exhibit faith towards God. And once that happens, then you can do the works, those first foundations. So I would say, yeah, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's not so much about like the, the theology of it, either the, well, I was only away from God from, you know, this long, or it wasn't fully walking out or anything, but, um, you know, uh, for our listeners, you, you know, you guys know my testimony. I, I grew up in church and um, things happened with my biological father and, and we kind of walked out of church for a little while to, to heal. And it was a big process, but um, I didn't get baptized until it was, it's, it's been about two years now. And it wasn't necessarily, you know, it's not that I wasn't a believer before. It was just one of those things that I never really thought much of. Um, and I, I never thought like, oh, it, it's not that big of a deal. You know, I, I'm not a new believer. I've been a believer for years. Um, but I just never really gotten the opportunity. So for the longest time, I kept, you know, putting it off and going, well, I don't really, you know, I don't need to, you know, I've, I've been a believer. Um, I don't really see the significance of it. But then a couple of years ago, something clicked and I was like, well, Jesus was, you know, you know, he was the son of God and he didn't get baptized until he was like 30 years old. And, um, and I kind of, I, I noticed that pride in myself going, well, you know, I don't need to. And I was like, what, what am I saying? And, um, and, and they told us, you know, before we, we went in and they said, you know, they look at baptism as a, 
almost like a marriage ceremony. And, um, you know, the marriage ceremony, it signifies and proclaims and declares the covenant between the couple. Not to say that the um, not to say that the couple weren't in covenant before, not to say that there was no commitment beforehand, um, but the marriage ceremony is, is a declaration, a proclamation to before God and to everyone else, their friends, their family, um, the, the minister, like who, whoever, that, you know, they're making this, this commitment and they're being held accountable for it. And so I think, you know, as the question goes, like, you know, walking away and, and coming back, you know, if you were to, I don't know, walk away from your spouse for a little while, taking a break or whatnot, um, you know, some married, married couples renew their vows, um, but it, it's the significance. And I think it's not so much about the theology, but kind of like, you know, you were saying, Pastor Alex, it's, it's, it's your heart. Where's, where's your faith in it? it are you just doing it because, you know, people are telling you to, and and I agree. Um, I was also baptized as a baby. And when I first, uh, as I got older, I got the same (laughs) conviction that you had gotten, you know, I felt like, man, the Lord did it at that age. And it was after he had, and I mean, I was around, was Mm -hmm. back in 2013. So I I don't really know how old I was, but it was years ago. Um, and I felt led to do it something. I I didn't need a big reason. I just literally felt led to do it. And I'd shared it with my family and my, my, you know, I was raised Catholic or Orthodox yeah. in the Assyrian church. I was baptized as a baby and they believe in one baptism. Um, and so when I told my parents that parents are amazing, by the way, totally like love them to death. I've been very fortunate to have wonderful parents, um, but they were hurt. Like My dad literally said, you know, what was what we gave you not good enough? And they didn't understand just yet because I just come into the faith. Um, and so I decided to do it no matter whose feelings it hurt because I was convicted not in a, in a bad conviction. I was convinced it was God telling me to do it. And the minute that I hit that water, I felt the power of God surge through my body. Literally, I, I felt like I came out of that totally afresh and brand new. So, um, and to me, it's a monumental time in my life. And when Jesus was baptized in the water uh, of Jordan, the Holy Spirit descended upon him. And I believe that it, it's there is a, a descension of the Holy yeah. Spirit upon you unlike ever before in your walk in your life. So I highly recommend um, baptism if you're being um, prompted to do so in faith. If you've been baptized eight different times, high five. If you're feeling prompted to go again, so so be it. I'm a huge advocate of being obedient to the Lord, and I don't care what it looks like. Yeah, that's so good. Um, and there really is like a, a power in baptism. I, I remember, um, when I was baptized, it, it literally felt like, a. it didn't feel like it was super long underwater. Cause I wasn't holding my breath for that long, but it yeah. almost felt like time. I just kind of stopped for, for a moment. And I was just being like, God was just affirming everything. Um, just speaking truths and, and affirmations over me. And I just knew like, okay, this is right. Um, but I love that. Um, our next question, we're running short on time, so we might just do one more, Definitely. but our next I'll question cover is this what does I'll, it mean I'll, to I definitely want to hear what Alex is, um, what he thinks of this too. For me, surrendering to the Lord is fully dying to yourself. Yeah. It means yielding habitually mm. and eventually you become the habitation of God himself. 
Um, to surrender to God looks like being wow. who he says we should be outside of our home and in our home, in private and in public. To me, it's, it's fellowship of the Holy Spirit. You know, there's times in my life where yeah. the Holy Spirit would tell me to do some of the weirdest things and weird, not without purpose. Um, I've seen a lot of weird and it's not God. Um, so mm-hmm. he always leads with purpose and his purpose is always <laughs> souls. There was a time the Lord had told me, and, and again, not out of nowhere, I was seeking the Lord for, you know, how can I impact your kingdom today, Lord? And he had told me to go downtown and to sit on a specific bench. I said, okay, I'm going. Yeah. So as much as I thought this is probably just me talking to myself, I went. I went and I sat on that uh, bench downtown and I started praying. I said, Lord, you know, give me a sign. Are they going to wear red? Are they going to do this? And then I didn't hear anything. I said, okay, have I misheard him? And then I started looking at everybody and saying, Lord, if that's a person, tell them to look at me in Mm -hmm. three, two, one, nothing happened. So I said, you know what, Lord, you brought me here. I have the faith to know that you brought me here. I'm going to sit here until that person comes. And I felt a grace and I felt a peace and I couldn't leave because I felt his presence strong. So I sat there. It was downtown Modesto, right across from, from Brendan theater, um, in front of the county building or city building or whatever that a uh, big building is across the street. And so a man walks out and he comes mm. directly to me. And this is not the first time this has happened. This is the second time that somebody came directly to me when I was told of the Lord to do something. And he says to me, you know, what are you doing out here? Uh, and I looked at him. I said, the Lord has sent me literally to, to give you a message. And I saw in the spirit that whoever this was, was having a very hard time. And that the Lord was basically just telling him it's going to be okay. And so I shared it with him. I said, look, I I really have been sent here to tell you that whatever you're going through right now, the Lord is here. He's in the midst of it all. And he will make a way out of this. And he starts like tripping out. He's like, who are you? Where are you from? He goes, you won't believe it. I was upstairs. I've been dealing a lot with wanting to die, suicide. And I just said to myself upstairs, I just want to go downstairs. I wish I could die. Yeah. And so to me, surrendering to God wow. and submitting to God, it's a beautiful adventure. Um, it's it's I feel like when we get over the more immature things like the sins and, and those things, we start to walk and live a life in the spirit. And so, yeah, I would just say mm. yielding habitually. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yielding habitually until we become a habitation. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, that was so good. Um, yielding habitually until we become a habitation. I love that. I'm quoting that. Need to need to take some notes really quick. Um, but wow. And and God will you know start with the you know little things. You know, he who is trusted with little, you know, God will slowly give you more. And actually, me and Gabby. Um, I think Gabby's still on here. Yeah. Um, it was our sophomore year, I believe. And I, I just got a word of knowledge about, you know, her shoulder and I have a very overactive brain. Um, and I was just like, Oh, I, I, you know, I think God is telling me that your shoulder is hurting. And she just starts freaking out. She's like, what? Like, how did you know this? Like, what? I haven't told anyone. And, and, you know, so I was trying to explain to her, but it was more of like the stepping out and going, okay, God, you know, I have no idea. I I was very new to hearing the voice of God. And I was very new to 
talking to people and giving them words of knowledge or prophetic words because I I didn't grow up in a church like that. I grew up in a very conservative church. It was almost Catholic in in the way that it it was brought up. Um, And, you know, we didn't talk much of the gifts of the spirit that we didn't bring them up at all. But, you know, it's stepping out in that obedience. But I love that. Right, I'm um, going to keep it real Pastor simple. Alex, I'd love to hear your to take me, on this too. <laughs> what it means to surrender yeah. <laughs> is to daily ask myself who's leading. Who Who's leading the day from start to finish? Wow. Uh, is it what God wants me to do today or is it what Alex wants to do? There's a battle. It's the spirit and flesh every day. Your flesh is going to go want to go one way and you know, your spirit man is willing um, to go one way, but who are you yielding yourself to? And that's how, you know, if you're surrendering, um, what fruit is your life bearing? You know, you look through the fruits of the spirit. Are you being patient today? Are you loving you being kind and are you exhibiting the goodness of God in your life? That's how you can tell who's leading. And if you are surrendered, a surrendered person has no will. Um, they've died. And, you know, when we, we have come to Christ, we've died. And it's not about us anymore. It's about them, about him. Yeah. And you have to ask yourself every day who's leading. Wow. So you think of the natural two two opposing forces that are fighting one surrenders that means the other one has taken control spirit and flesh two opposing forces that are fighting which one is taking control if it's the flesh you haven't surrendered if it's the spirit that means you're surrendered wow that's my answer i'm sticking to it wow that's so good um yeah no that's so good yeah who's leading um and we will end with this question and just a a random a fun question uh what difference do you guys see in your daily life way better living on the east and living on the west coast i'm just kidding major difference is the weather (laughs) beautiful weather that and i'd say our families i mean we have my parents here and so the daily, yeah. I would say that's different is our life is so full. Like every weekend we come home from church, barbecues and spending quality time with those that we love. And, um, but ultimately the weather is the biggest difference. When we were there in North Carolina, it was raining nonstop. And, and me being a California girl, it was so hard for me to, wow. um, and <laughs> North Carolina is beautiful. It's green, lush, but you don't want to step outside for more than never. Uh, it's raining nonstop and humid. So it's, I would say weather and then just having a full schedule here, (laughs) having a full life is probably the biggest difference in our daily activities. I'd agree. I mean, the weather and the humidity, that's the obvious one so far. It's beautiful out here. Um, But then it's just a different season. Uh, No pun intended with the weather kind of thing they're going, but um it, it it is good because we're following God. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I get the weather thing. I I didn't come from the East Coast, but um, I I was a Washington wow. girl for the longest time, and so going up there, going up back up to Washington to visit fam- family now, I'm 
such a wimp. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's freezing and it's like, you know, 60 degrees outside. Yeah. And they're like, what? They're wearing shorts and it's like 60 Uh, degrees. And I'm like, this is our winter weather is like the 60s and 50s. I don't, you know, people are crazy. Um, And then my mom will remind us like, you guys swam in uh, 70 degree weather. Like it hit the 70s and you're like, let's get in the pool. Um, So, yeah, the, you know, weather's different in states, but I bet it it was even crazier over there um, in North Carolina. But yeah, that is the time that we have for today with our questions and everything. Thank you guys so much for hopping on here. We've been so honored and um, you guys just have so much wisdom and I Uh-oh. have notes and I've taken notes and I've been writing things down. So I Aww. hope our listeners just get just as much thank out of this. You. As, um, yeah, thank as you for did, having us on. And thank we you guys. We're so honored. The questions were awesome. They were great. Absolutely. Thank you. thank you so much for considering us. We bless you guys. Bless the listeners. I just pray that this gives you faith. I just pray open doors even now. I pray just as if you're dipped in butter. May everything that's been a weight come off easily. May every struggle right now come off with absolute and utter ease. And may the the purpose of God be fulfilled in your life. May the anointing and the power of God lead you in all your days. And we just declare joy, a brand newness to you. New creation, new spirit, revived, fullness. Nothing lacking, nothing broken. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Amen. Amen. I told y'all, I I told all the listeners last week, I was like, you guys, they're they're from from Uh, North Carolina. And I I was telling them, I was like, I don't know what it is about the accent, but it just feels more blessed. (laughs) Uh, But... That's so good. Amen. We received that. Well, thank you guys. Bless you guys. um, And yeah, I hope you guys have a great day. (laughs) Thank you. Bye. Tuning into the episode this week, we really hope and pray that this blesses you and wherever you are with your walk with God. And uh, we just hope and pray that you guys enjoyed it. Be sure to check out our Instagram. Our username is H I L. M-A-R-F-T-F and we put out updates for different episodes that we're doing any questions that you guys have you can DM us or any topic ideas that you want us to cover go ahead and shoot us a DM and just let us know let us know what you want to hear more of or any questions that you may have also please be sure to give us a review on Anchor or Apple Podcasts to let us know what you're loving or let us know what you want to hear more of and on anchor you can actually send us voice messages we love hearing from you guys um even reviews over instagram we just love hearing from you guys and would love to hear what you guys want to hear or things that you want to hear more of thank you guys for tuning in once again check us out next week and we will see you next time bye